0: What's up, girls, guys, gays, and nays? I'm Beth. And I'm TJ. Grab your bottle of wine and put your lawyer on speed dial. This is Nightmare on Girls Night. Sunday Scaries Edition, bitch! Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that was my cue and I didn't do it. it
1: That's fine. I went straight to to making a a good
0: start. We always are. Fuck. (laughs) I went straight to being a dick. That's okay. That's fine. It's just who we are. It's hot in here. I know. I don't have air conditioning, but I will in a month. Hell yeah. We can. We'll do this. We'll and then we'll get. We'll get out of here. Yeah. Okay. No, we're gonna stay in here till the end of time. Oh my god, I'm gonna die. Okay. How was your day? Pass
1: away. What? I I thought you said someone passed away, (laughs) and I was
0: like, oh my god. No. Okay. How was your day? I would simply pass away. Yeah. My day was a day. Yeah. I wanted to know, did you see that Paul Bernardo got moved to a medium yes. security prison? Yeah. Which in is in Montreal. Fucked. Is it Montreal? Uh,
1: I think so. Or as opposed to. I don't know. Oh, I thought as you meant. As opposed to what? I thought you meant the pronunciation. I was like, <laughs> as opposed to Montreal. <laughs>
0: as opposed to Montreal. <laughs> Montreal. <laughs> oh, I
1: thought so you good. meant, like,
0: as opposed to what prison? Oh, I no. was like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's like the Caribbean Uh, and the Caribbean. I thought it was one of those situations again. It was not. Okay. No, No, I don't know. I just, I did see that though because I saw that the families are
0: pissed. Yeah. Which rightfully so. Absolutely. Because he just needs to eat a bag of dicks. I know. I can't wait to do that case because it happened where I grew up. Yeah, right. And it's just crazy to think about. Yeah. It was so close to home. Did you, um,
1: like what year were those murders? Because it was a, like... I don't remember, but I was going to ask you. Like, did you or do you remember your parents ever talking about it? Like, it was a really big it was case. huge.
0: It was like one of the biggest yeah cases in Canada between 1987 and 1990. So you I should totally ask your family though if they I remember should. it happening or it being in the news or anything. Yeah. Should we bring somebody on the podcast? We should bring people on the podcast. That'd be really good. There's a case that I really want to do and it's kind of, it's very current, it's ongoing and I would like to see if there's any way that the family would want to talk about it on the podcast because they have talked about it on other podcasts before and they're trying really hard to get as much media attention as they can. Oh, 100%. I'm not going to mention it. Uh, right now yeah. but if we ever yeah decide to do it
1: that do would you be really cool I
0: have any updates on Brad I, from Revelstoke area unfortunately there are no updates Which even is though crazy. the snow has melted yeah that's what I was gonna say they are still searching and there's been nothing that's turned up like someone knows something that's not
1: a walked off it's it's crazy you know passed away because the elements that's not any of that bullshit like someone knows something so
0: may 10th they did a search um they searched the highway the lake some of the timber i guess it was by like a logging area um nothing nothing came back um crazy yeah, again, so sad. Their their Facebook page and their Instagram page are updated all the time. Yeah.
1: Um. So it's still act like they're actively searching. Yeah. Or okay.
0: Yeah, and they're still raising money because, okay. like we talked about, it's so expensive to, you know, have these yeah. searches happen to hire yeah. these people to do these intensive searches. It's it's not free. It's not cheap.
1: No, and it's sad because as the family. I feel like there would have been so much hope going into the spring that they would have found. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mean nobody wishes to find a body, but that they found something yeah. like traces Anything. of something. Yeah, it's yeah. really sad. Yeah,
0: it's,
1: but keep it's cases like that that mind boggle me. Though I
0: know. it literally vanished into thin air. I know. And when was I last driving through there? When well, oh we when went, we went to Seashell, yeah. when we were driving through. We stopped in Revelstoke, and the signs were up. Yeah, we could see them. Sad. Anyways, this, Anyways, is, Sunday this, is, yes, this is Sunday scares. This is Sunday, and our theme today is
1: haunted places. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all so right good. that was the best i could haunted do. places
1: okay that took a different route i love that oh did, did you bring how many did you bring i brought three fuck okay i brought one. Oh, okay that's <laughs> but fine. it's a longer one so i was like i well kind of longer i have mine are three short shorts. ones perfect
0: so great did you go first last time or did i
1: you did, because I was like, I don't know it, what okay. story you brought, because I brought five, and I was like, I need to okay. pick mine based off yours. Do
0: you want to go first this time? Sure. Okay. Okay. Sure. 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 Sure.
1: So, I grew up in Edmonton, or just outside, in yep. the burbs. In the burbs. As the kiddos would say. Do they? I don't know. Anyways, kiddos. grew up in the burbs. You're I grew showing in your Park. age. I know. Oh God. <laughs> I, yeah. Almost 30, not 30 yet. Uh. So... Growing up as a teen there, we always heard these rumors of this, what we were told, which was like folklore at the time, now that I know the history, was like an old psychiatric hospital that was abandoned Mm -hmm. in kind of northern outskirts of Edmonton at the time. And we would always want to go find it. And then as we got older... We ended up finding it, and I remember as a teen, like, going there, piling in my brother's truck, me, his friends, my friends, and trying to get into this old hospital. And it was so boarded up, and there was so much security, though, because so many people over the Mm -hmm. years have tried to get into it that we never could. Mm -hmm. But it was always this creepy, abandoned building on the outskirts of Edmonton, like, really, like kind of insane asylum looking which right. is like I know not the politically correct term but I'm just going for back in the day what the folklore was around it so the place is actually called the Charles Camsel Hospital mm-hmm. and this is the story of that hospital and there are so many hauntings and stories and ghost stories of people and their encounters that there's actually like an entire blog and website that an author has created and I'll put in the show notes um but there's so many stories attached to it it's wild but i want to get into the history first because it's got a really fucked up history and i didn't know any of this like when we were would go there we were just told like oh it's an old psychiatric yeah. hospital and blah 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 trying but to scare yourself yeah. yeah but it's got a really sad history so in 1914 the jesuits built the francis xavier academy in what is now edmonton's inglewood neighborhood The academy, a school for young boys, was used in World War II as a base for American Army engineers while they built the Alaska Highway. After the war, though, the government decided to use the property, which had grown to include several outbuildings, as a tuberculosis hospital for indigenous peoples from the north. It was known as a, and I'm doing air quotes, Indian sanatorium. Mm. Tuberculosis was rampant and especially devastating to the indigenous population in those days. Patients began arriving late in 1945. The hospital was then officially opened in August of 1946. The original building was used until 1967 when the building that currently stands on the property was opened and the old um, Francis Xavier Academy College was destroyed. During the early times, the government organized x-ray tours, is what they called it, that sent planes to remote communities to essentially screen for the disease. I don't know how it works, but they did it.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Right? Yeah.
1: Across northern Canada and the prairies, basically anyone that was found with symptoms were shipped to the Charles Camsell Hospital for treatment. And again, I put that in quotations because it was not really, like they did a lot of shit that wouldn't be considered treatment. Yeah. Um, between 1946 and 1966. This included men, will women, children and babies. Government agents and medical teams flew into northern communities, sometimes forcibly removing those with I'm going to say TB because tuberculosis gets really
0: hard to say. Yeah, well. TB is good.
1: <clears throat> the use of force did not end there though. During the 1970s the need for a dedicated terbu- ter- TB hospital <laughs> slowly <laughs> declined. I, like, within five seconds forgot I wasn't going to say it anymore. <laughs> uh, the Kamsel Hospital became a general hospital. Throughout its time, patients were often subject to several inhumane procedures. These consisted of nutritional, medical, and surgical experimentation, physical and chemical restraint on both adults and children, apprehension at births, forced sterilizations, oh, drug wow. testing without consent, shock treatments, and they even had nearby residential school children dig unmarked graves.
0: Oh, that's so So it was so just terrible. like, so
1: fucked up. Wow. There are many stories of patients being abused and the emotional trauma of being taken away from their homes was just completely debilitating. Not everybody made it home from the Camsel Hospital. Some families from northern communities are still looking for their loved ones in hospital records across Canada. Wow. And many of the council's former patients are actually buried at the Aboriginal Cemetery in St. Albert, which is just outside of Edmonton.
0: Wow. So are there graves marked? There, so I'll get to
1: that. Okay, okay. Um, and then I'll give you my opinion. Okay. So Louisa Beryl, 72, of Cambridge Bay, Nunavut, saw her father Joseph Eliuk, Eliuk for the last time when she was 17. Her mother had died when she was nine, and her father raised her out on the land, living in igloos, using dog teams, and hunting for survival. Their wow. culture. It was a good and happy life, she said. Eliuk lost the toes on both his feet during a sickness when he was a child and got by by walking on his heels. Wow. One day, though, the medical planes came to town, and doctors offered to help Eliuk, who was by then in his late 40s to get prosthetics for his feet. Again, help is in quotations. Mm. He had never been on a plane or flown away from home before, but he thought it sounded like a good deal. Eliuk stayed on until the birth of his first grandchild, then left, having no idea where he would be taken. And this is a quote from his daughter. He told me he was going to leave. When he was going to the airport, he said he wanted to come back to see me, but the other people before him never came back, so he wasn't sure, but he never came back.
0: That's the daughter, so scary. right?
1: Or sorry, the grandmother found out from another man from Cambridge who was rooming with at with him at the hospital that he somehow got sick and passed away. What? Yeah, his roommate, and this is another quote. His roommate told me the night my father was dying that he was calling out for me. Oh, when he stopped breathing is when he finally stopped calling to me.
0: Oh my god! He I went know. to get prosthetics. Yeah. And died of an illness. Yes.
1: Yeah which really could just be the fact that they're bringing people that don't have tb into what was a tb hospital. Oh, yeah. Like what the it's fuck an are you doing?
0: illness, right? And
1: that comes back to this whole fact that like the whole thing with the residential schools too, like stripping of the culture. It's mm-hmm. like they brought all of these indigenous people into this hospital that was meant to be a tb hospital mm-hmm. and I'm like what was your fucking motive doing mm-hmm.
0: that? Well,
1: wow, that's yeah. a whole that's a whole yes. other discussion. So um Beryl, who's the daughter, and her family were never told what happened to her father or where he was buried. Elliot's granddaughter, Kathy, has been searching for over a decade to locate her grandfather's grave, hoping that her mother can one day find peace in finding out what happened to him. It was eventually discovered that some of the former patients of the hospital were buried about 20 kilometers away at the former Indian residential school in St. Albert, and then in an aboriginal grave, <clears throat> is what they said. Between 1946 and 1996, the cemetery was cared for by children attending the residential school. This is when they were digging unmarked graves.
0: That's so traumatizing.
1: Eventually, the cemetery was transferred to the city of Edmonton and was soon overrun by weeds and overgrown grass. Later, a brush fire broke out that destroyed the grave markers. Fucking bullshit. (gasps) See, this is my thing. I don't... I'm not convinced that a brush fire broke out that destroyed grave markers. I don't fucking think there were grave markers in the first place. Because they literally have it noted in here that they had the children from the residential school digging marked graves. Yeah. But now That's the city of Edmonton is like, oh, there there was a brush fire, so now, they're, now all the grave markers are gone. I don't... Are you yeah, fucking I joking I me? I don't believe
0: that. Neither do I. I do not believe that.
1: So, approximately 20 years ago... Uh, the city funded the building of a cairn finally that engraved the names of 98 patients of the Camsel, of Camsel that were buried there. But even then, Elliot's name wasn't listed. So it's not a complete list. Yeah. Like 98 is not the, is I bet you they not have the no amount idea. of patients that have died. They
0: have no exactly. idea.
1: Exactly. Um, So, I'm going to get into the hauntings now. That's kind of the history. Mm -hmm. So, it's said that the second floor was the surgical ward. And according to a book on haunted places, half the floor in one room is also stained with blood. Which actually does get brought up in some of these other stories. That's so spooky. The fourth floor was the psychiatric wing. Where it was said that shock treatments were forced upon patients and isolation rooms were stationed. In 1982, a younger man also fell to his death from the roof that he was working to repair. The book states that the paranormal investigation performed yielded evidence of ghostly activity. An elevator in the morgue operates on its own. Voices and screams not belonging to anyone on the investigation team were also recorded. It is known as one of the most haunted buildings in Alberta. The former Charles Kamsall Hospital in Edmonton holds long-forgotten secrets still waiting to come to light. Which, yeah, uh, talk about a shitty history that also needs to come to light. No kidding. So now I have... Um, a couple stories that are first-hand accounts, so it'll be read in, like, first person.
0: Okay.
1: So, my crew and I received a phone call from an Edmonton residence in the west side of the city complaining about the bizarre amount of screaming that could be heard in her neighborhood, which was around the Camsel Hospital. Mm-hmm. She said that there was an old condemned hospital near, near where she lived, and then she went on to say how people say that it's just crackheads and homeless people screaming. But it all seemed a little off. She asked us if we could do some research on the hospital. I started to Google the place and dozens of stories started popping up. This began to gain my attention as I started learning more and more about its dark past. After painful negotiations, the property owner at the time agreed that he would give us two hours to explore floors two and three of the hospital. Apparently the basements had been flooded so they were really our only option. At around 11pm, the three of us were escorted by two outdoor security guards into one of the garages in the side of the building. They then explained to us that this is the only entrance into the building because the rest of the doorways have been sealed with barbed wire to keep the homeless population out, and probably teens like me at the time. Yeah. (laughs) I then thought about how the old lady mentioned that there were screams coming from the hospital, but if the place was completely sealed with barbed wire, how would anyone have gotten inside? Mm -hmm. One of the security guards said, Check out the North Wing. That's my favorite place, as he winked at me. I started getting, right? Like, fuck no, I don't want to check. Actually, I do, but I don't. (laughs) I started getting pretty nervous as we approached the door to the main hallway. This was where the security left us. There was nothing in the rooms. Everything had been disposed of. Just pipes and electrical wiring here and there. There was graffiti littered all over the floors and walls. There was just your typical messages. 666, I'm going to murder you. Leave us alone. You get it. Yeah. Just your typical abandoned place nonsense. Our crew decided to stick together the entire time since we didn't know the area very well. As I walked up the staircase to the second floor, I felt chills run down my back for no apparent reason. The place wasn't really that scary initially, just a little creepy. Josh, one of the crew members, began telling me that he felt as if the doorways were shrinking. I didn't experience that, but a couple of the crew members agreed. What I did see was what looked like blood in one of the rooms. We went and checked it out, and it definitely had that metallic smell that blood gives off. Ooh, Still? Yeah, gross. My other crew member, Steven, said we should get out of here and report it to the owner, but I said not until we checked the north side. We climbed up the next set of stairs and walked to the north side of the hospital. If I make any spelling mistakes from here, it's because I don't want to prove-read this. I don't want to relive the next part ever again in my fucking life. That's a quote from this guy. (laughs) So floor three is where we began to hear the cry of babies and women. No, no, no. As we got closer to the north wing, it seemed like screaming. Louder and louder and louder. My crew wanted to leave, but I was so curious what lies in the north wing. When we came to its doors, we decided that we were going to have a safe word, and if anyone said the safe word, we would all run back to the north wing doorway. We all took a deep breath and began to explore. It seemed just like the other floor, except for the occasional scream or cry of an infant. I came across a sign on a doorway that made me fucking chill to the bone. This was, in fact, the maternity ward. Oh. We all heard a voice crying for help, being really fucking careless. We decided to follow the voice we were lead we were led into a massive foyer. I thought I saw a pile of people in the middle, but as I got closer, I could make out that they were in fact mannequins, oh, all with what looked like bleeding eyes.
0: Oh my God, I
1: then thought, "Ah, oh, fuck this! This is some stupid joke the security guards are pulling on us, and we all began to laugh. Then we heard a loud, high-pitched voice scream. Who are you laughing at? (gasps) The pile of mannequins slash bodies began to set on fire, which turned into a massive inferno. Stephen then screamed the safety word and we booked it to the north wing entrance. When we all met up, we vaulted it out of the hospital as fast as we could. Once we got out of the hospital, we continued to run onto the field facing the hospital. We then collapsed and watched as the fire got bigger. It wasn't long until firefighters were on the scene. They couldn't enter the building because of all the barbed wire, so it looked like a difficult fire to fight. You could hear screams of women and children coming from the place as it burnt. The voices soon after began to turn demonic. One of the firefighters even asked if there were people inside. A security guard then walked over, and we explained to him what happened, and he asked us if we, too, had seen the bodies.
0: Oh my gosh. He got
1: real sketchy and said not to say anything. The fire went out after a few hours, leaving the maternity ward charred and covered in ash. The news eventually broke, but they called it a demolition malfunction that happened because of insulation pulling. And I actually Google news articles, and there actually is a fucking news article about
0: Why? a fire. Why?
1: would they make it up? I Right? I mean... Yeah.
0: Oh, God. Isn't that fucked up? That's so crazy. Yeah,
1: it's wild. So that was the first story. I have so many, but I'm going to skip ahead and read story four. Okay. Because this one freaked me out. I was working with a friend for a freelance large cleaning company. We were doing easy things, just removing old hanging wires, capping off wires and outlets, sealing the wall holes, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Basically preparing buildings for demolition. Now, I was already iffy about going to this job because I hate hospitals with a fiery passion. Not because I spent a lot of time in them or anything, I just don't like the smell and I always get a weird feeling while in them. That's what I feel. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, like hospitals. Like There's just too many spirits kicking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. This job happened to be in the Charles Camsell Hospital. About 20 minutes into our, our cleanup, a phone rang. It's normal, we have our cell phones on us and we'll rib each other off when it goes off. The crew leader made an offhand comment about, guess someone needs to see their doctor. We chuckled at first, but as he finished his sentence, the phone cut out mid-ring. It didn't finish ringing, it just stopped. We didn't think much of it until the phone rang again. One of the crew members was near the the area reception desk would have been in and with a look of absolute terror, turned to us and whispered, I can hear it ringing right beside me. (sighs) The lobby area is completely empty. No phones, no desks, nothing. Needless to say, we were slightly spooked, but decided that, being told possible pranksters broke in, someone might be screwing with us, so we kept working. Myself and two other workers went up to the fourth floor. There were several filing cabinets and a couple of offices among the patient rooms. One of the patient rooms had a chair by the window. There wasn't much to clean or move out, so we decided to just explore the rooms. I entered this room with the chair and instantly felt a chill down my spine. Mm. I walked closer to the chair to see it covered in dust, except for the seat. The seat had an imprint that looked as if a small child had just been sitting in it no more than two minutes before we got there.
0: I literally want to throw up. Right?
1: I called the other two workers over to see this chair when the phone in the office next to us rang. We jumped, obviously because we weren't expecting it. One of the workers went into the office as myself and the other stood by the door. We watched her apprehensively, noticed there actually was a phone and picked it up. She immediately said, whoever this is, this isn't funny. Her face drained of all color as she looked at us and said very quietly, it's not plugged in. Uh. Turning the base of the phone to us, sure enough, no connecting cable. That alone made the three of us run, and I mean run, out of the floor down to the main level. As we reached the main level, the crew leader and his team met us. All of them stark white. They had gone to the morgue. What? Now, I refused to go down to the morgue because I didn't want to be anywhere near where old dead bodies were. Yeah. The crew leader and his team all confirmed several things to us. When they entered the morgue, everything was oddly still. Even the air didn't seem to be moving. One of the crew members became instantly lightheaded. Another one of the female members of the team held her hand up to us. She had rested herself on a perfectly clean, sturdy table, no equipment or anything, but within five seconds of her doing so, she felt a sharp pain. Mm -hmm. A perfectly, almost surgically straight cut was on the palm of her hand. What? When she told the crew leader about this, the light light turned off and they heard the wheels of a gurney squeaking outside the door down the hallway. Mm -mm. They ran out as fast as they could. We called the contractor, told him we refused to finish the job, and left. As we loaded into the van, the crew's leader's cell phone began to ring. We all assumed it was the angry contractor that we had left. He looked at the caller ID, slammed on the brakes, and held the phone to us. We all sat in stunned silence as he began to drive again. It rang constantly for about three blocks until the hospital was out of sight and then it stopped, mid-ring, yet again. To this day, he hasn't deleted the missed call out of fear. If you ask him to show you it, you'll see this message. Missed call, 8-9-2011, 1249 p.m., Charles Camsel Hospital. Shut up. Yeah. Oh
0: Isn't that my fucked up? Oh my god. I know. it. my god. I hate it. That's I hate terrifying. It. I know.
1: Holy Ugh. shit. Haunted hospitals are some other sort of fucked Holy up shit. shit. <laughs> I don't like it.
0: <gasps> that's so funny we should
1: go there <laughs> <laughs> can you oh probably not it's even when i went there and i went there like back before i graduated that was like 2010 and it was yeah barbed wire off they have security consistently walking around yeah. i mean it might even be demolished now i actually didn't look to see recently
0: yeah but
1: uh yeah it's wow. it, even just i should show you a picture of it um because it's just a creepy ass looking building yeah
0: yeah, oh, I know that's right. so spooky. I know, I hate it. Oh, okay. Hey, okay, you're up. I'm gonna take us to the east coast, all right. Ooh, but keep okay. us in Canada. Okay. Love it. Well, not like all the way to the east coast, but Ontario. Okay, perfect. So you went to your yeah. home and I went to mine. Yeah, love it. Okay, so I'm gonna talk about the Bowman POW camp. Okay, this prisoner of war camp Ooh. named camp 30 resides in ontario canada about an hour drive away from toronto in the town of bowmanville okay do you know have you ever been there never have been there okay in the early 1920s the land that the camp or sorry the land that camp 30 sits on was donated by john hh H. jury to the provincial government to build the bowmanville boys training school which is funny because yours was also yeah, a school weird The boarding school was finished being built and opened in 1927, where it implemented non-institutional modes of education to reform delinquent boys by providing them with a mental, moral, physical, and vocational education and training. A.K.A. abuse. Yes. This school was open for 14 years until the government forced them to vacate, so it would be converted into a prisoner of war camp. Wire fences and guard towers were added... And the revamp was completed in 1941. During World War II, it became an internment camp for officers and ranking officials of the German Armed Forces. So high up, high up in the German army. Mm-hmm. Now since this was, a, was previously a boys school, there were a lot of amenities that this um, POW camp had that others in Canada did not. There was about 30 okay. POW camps wow. in Canada. This included an indoor pool, athletic complex, soccer, and football fields. It was pretty (laughs) big. Okay. Yeah. They also had all of the other amenities, such as commissary, access to mail from family, et cetera. Like, Uh, yeah. Yeah. The living conditions were above expectations during this time. And no
1: shit, they have a football field. Yeah,
0: and prisoners were even allowed to leave the camp if they gave their word that they would not attempt to escape. What? I know. is that insane? Remember, like, this
1: goes back to that whole chat we had about prisoners escaping when you were like, they literally joke about how
0: they they have an open door policy.
1: Like, what the, that shit actually exists.
0: They that. always returned, which permitted them to swim at the lake during the summer months and cross-country ski in the winter months. Yes, yeah. I was like, how fucking what Canadian? Exactly. Now it wasn't all. We're sunshine- like, y'all come <laughs> back now. You hear? <laughs> now it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, and the most notable event was the Battle of Bowmanville, that was caused by Hitler's order to have Allied POWs shackled. Canadians received word to not remove them until the Allied shackles were removed. When Canadian guards asked for 100 volunteers, they were met with strong resistance. The German POWs barricaded themselves in the cafeterias and fought with objects that they could find. The last two days, that lasted two days before Canadians gained control again and 125 of the prisoners were sent away from Camp 30 to different POWs across Mm -hmm. Canada. Well, I previously mentioned that most prisoners were respectful and enjoyed the amenities. Some did try to escape, and one of the more (laughs) famous attempts was Operation Kibitz. I hope I'm saying that right. I won't give much more of a history lesson, but to sum it up, uh, the escape plan was to get out four skilled German U-boat officers by digging under the prison, and um, there was going to be boats on like the like New Brunswick side, and they were going to get there, and then they were going to take off. It failed, and they were all caught by the RCMP. When World War II ended, the site resumed its use as a school and stayed this way until around 2008. After the school closed, it then became an abandoned spot. Really? Till 2008? Yeah. Damn. The building became boarded up. Windows and exterior um, were damaged by graffiti and fire damage, Mm. which really reminds me of the hospital that we just talked about. Um, This is considered private private property, so if you plan on going, probably don't, (laughs) because there's security cameras everywhere. Okay. And there's been reports of, like, choppers coming. Oh, shit. And cops showing up. Probably because it's, like like it's high government property and it's a historic i think it's a s- historical site now oh, okay, even though it yeah. looks like shit nobody's taking care yeah. of it <laughs> yeah. um those that have visited document that the site feels extremely unnerving and unsettling visitors state that they feel as though they're being followed and being watched an individual on tiktok with the username the divine witch Visited here and said that she felt a very heavy chest, which led to lightheadedness.
1: Okay, that's almost crazy. as if someone
0: was trying to choke her. Oh,
1: god, I hate that. She wasn't
0: even in the building. Ugh. When she walked up to the building, she heard whispering and the doors on the outside started to open. No, she states that they were closed when they approached the space and began opening as they got closer. Ugh. She then looked at whoever she was with and said, "It's time to go. It doesn't feel right to be here. Something feels evil, and like we're being followed." No, God, I hate that. As they walked away and out of the gate, it sounded like somebody was following them out. (gasps) That's my nightmare. I know, like the feeling of being chased, chased or followed or
1: watched.
0: Mm -mm. The photos that I've seen look super spooky. There's no lights on, so you have to explore with a flashlight. And the deeper in you go, the darker it gets um visitors document that they feel a sense of being trapped like if you go in you're never going to be able to get back oh out God. which is weird to have that feeling and i yeah. don't know if it's because they know it was a prison a pri- that was just gonna say or because of yeah the, the spirits that haunt the space yeah. um after watching multiple youtube videos and tiktoks it's safe to say i will not be visiting this haunted no? place no And I don't think abandoned haunted spaces are for me. No? no, I know. Isn't that like crazy? (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) I hate that. I hate the the feeling of being followed. The being
0: followed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. If you
1: were ever in a space where like paranormal shit is going on, would you
0: try and talk to the spirit? Okay. So at work, Mm. we have been having some activity and we've- I mean, we talked about this a little bit. Yes, you should call PC. <laughs> Can't work under those conditions. <laughs> and I went upstairs. I was in the basement. <sighs> I went upstairs to do something. And one of my, well, my manager's door was open and the light was on. I shut the light yeah. off, closed the door, walked a little bit further. Another door was open. The light was on. Walked, did whatever I needed to do, yeah. came back. Door was open, light was on, door was open. An annoying light was ass
1: on. ghost. And I got was like, I had head.
0: felt like when I walked upstairs, yeah. something was following me and fucking with me a little bit. Like yeah. making Dislike. me think, oh, maybe you didn't do that. Right. But I was like, stop. You're like questioning yourself. Yeah. And then on the way home,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: felt like. A little bit spooky. Like no. I felt like something was following me no. home, and I was like, "Get, get out away from me! Get out the car! You are not wanted here!"
1: Oh my god, that's one of my biggest nightmares: is that a ghost will attach to me? Oh god, no, I don't want that. But that's, I do talk to them. Do, okay, yes. so that's this is my thing because I struggle with wanting to be like, "Don't fucking do that," but also being like, "Have like," there's in so many movies where it's like, the ghosts. Can't harm you unless you acknowledge their presence. Mm, I have heard that, and I so I always get this like you're not real, like you're. Not, and I just need to keep saying it because yeah. I'm like, if I acknowledge you, that I'm giving you the energy you need mm-hmm. to be able to fucking exercise my
0: ass. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it depends on who you talk to, and like, also I realize exercise my ass is a weird thing <laughs> to say, but you know what I mean. She needs an animal. <laughs> Exercise her asshole. <laughs> yeah, not what I meant. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Can you imagine that? if ghosts did that? Anyways, digress. That sounds like something that would be in a scary movie, like like, <laughs> like a, a spoof. scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Should um, I go another one? Do one more. Okay, I'm gonna take us. I'm gonna take us to. England. Ooh. UK. England. Can you have to say the whole thing in an accent. Oh my gosh, alright. <laughs> this is the history of the most haunted castle in England. The Chillingham Castle... Resi- no, I can't. No, that's The Chillingham though. Castle resides in the village of Chillingham in the <laughs> northern... <laughs> P- Chillingham? <laughs> Chillingham. In the northern... Northern, Northern. Oh my God! Now I'm getting silly. In people the northern part of listening. Northumberland, oh, well England. That's good. Thank you. Because
1: people always are like, "Is it Cumberland?" Northumberland.
0: Northumberland. Yeah. It reminds me of Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. Never Mm-mm. seen it. No. <laughs> <laughs> this castle was originally a mo- <laughs> This castle was originally a monastery in the late 12th century and occupied a strategic position during Northumberland's bloody border feuds. <laughs> all right it's so funny that we go from being like complete dick faces to being like back
1: in 1980 was the Northumberland, i
0: and it's like <laughs> switches on and off okay well, wow we're really
1: all you, over the map I hopefully know. people are I know, still so listening
0: anyways back to okay. bloody border feuds yeah. the castle was used as a staging post for english armies entering scotland and was repeatedly attacked by scottish armies there were many royal visitors that stayed at Chillingham Castle, and I'm not going to name them because nobody fucking cares. Nobody
1: gives a fuck.
0: Sir Humphrey Wakefield's family has lived on the same lands for 400 years. Holy shit. So before it was like, now it's a public... Yeah, you can not... go take tours yes, and bullshit. Yeah. Not no. bullshit. I love touring stuff like that. It's <laughs> really cool. I was like, I feel like I want to do a castle. Anyways. Hell Yeah. To give you an idea of the size of this castle, there's everything from grand state rooms to great halls, multiple oh, bedrooms, I a dungeon, that. and a torture chamber. Ooh, I want one. <laughs> um, she means she wants a sex room. I want a butt exercise. <laughs> Just kidding. Wait, Armchair Anonymous, she's doing her butt exercises. <laughs> oh God, no, no.
1: I uh... would love a castle with a moat. Remember how we said we were each going to have a little
0: island, and I would have yeah, a yeah, and you were so rude about it. <laughs> you were like, "You're not
1: coming on my island." You no, and I was going to build put a, a moat. moat. You couldn't. It was just so that I could decide when I wanted you to come <laughs> <Fuck> over. <you. laughs>
0: uh, the torture Anyways. room displays implements of punishment, including a stretching rack, cages, a bed of nails, nailed barrel, and a spiked chair. There's also an executioner's block and an iron maiden supported by a hinge and spiked casing to hold a live body.
1: Okay, it's actually wild. Some of the torture <laughs> methods. It's they, fucking insane. The creativity, a plus. I want to know, like, who for thought creativity, of these? who thought of who these? Who thought? Obituary did an episode where they talked about medieval torture devices, and Ooh. it was so good. But it was like, actually, who? How do you get to that? to that how do you get there mm, i don't know maybe drugs i don't know
0: the family had no less than eight famous well-recorded executions and some hanged drawn and quartered while some were still alive they were cut down from the gallows to have their entrails removed body cut into quarters and their head put on display on the city gates as a warning what's an entrail your innards oh uh, <laughs> I don't know your guts, your intestines, your organs, <laughs> organs. <laughs> Fuck that! I heard it coming. coming out out organs, and I didn't stop it. <laughs> <I'm dead. laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> Several ghosts are known to wander the castle. The most famous is that of the quote "Radiant Boy," a childish wraith seen in the castle's pink room whose cries of either fear or pain echo through the corridors once it hits midnight in the past cries always seemed to emanate from a spot near where a passage is cut through the 10-foot thick wall into the adjoining tower as they faded away a bright halo of light would appear and the figure of a young boy dressed in blue would approach those sleeping in the room i don't want to be approached while i'm sleeping no thank you by a glowing boy no Later, the bones of a child, surrounded by decaying fragments of blue cloth, were found behind the wall. They were given a Christian burial, and therefore, the, quote, radiant boy was seen no more. Aww. until he his soul to be put to rest. I know. Who's buried in a wall. Also, ten feet thick? Yeah. That's so excessive. It's like soundproofing to a whole other level. Oh, yeah, I don't think you need ten feet to do that. Um... The radiant boy was seen no more, that is, until Sir Humphrey began renting out or using the pink room. Some people complained of a blue flash that shoots out of the wall in the dead of the night. Although they attribute it to an electrical fault, Sir Humphrey is quick to point out that there is no electrical wiring in that particular section of the wall. Hmm. Another soul to stalk the castle is the spirit of Lady Berkeley wife of lord gray whose husband ran off with her sister Ooh. lady henrietta what a dick i know lady berkeley was abandoned at the castle with her with only her baby daughter for company the rustle of her dress is sometimes heard as her invisible revenant sweeps along the rambling corridors searching for her husband and leaving a cold chill not Oof. to mention unsettled witness in her witnesses in her ghostly wake
1: Ooh, the, I don't like that. The cold the, air, and like the, the rustle
0: Yeah. They say that in the still room sits a painting of the haunting witch who curses anyone who dares to steal from the castle. Mm-hmm. Letters have shown up to those who have stolen, with the witch asking for her items back. Oh yeah, I fucking do the same. Exactly. Give me my shit alone. I know. Give me my shit back. In the inner pantry, where the family's silver was stored, a frail figure in white still appears. A footman—I had to Google that. yes, yeah. A servant. Oh. Was employed to sleep by the pantry and guard the space. It is said that one night, when the footman had fallen asleep, he was accosted by a lady in white, who was very pale and begging him for water. He came to only to remember that he was locked in the pantry and nobody could have possibly entered. Oh God! It was thought at the time that the longing for water suggests that the spirit may have died of poisoning, oh. which I thought was like—that's pretty really interesting. Sad in the chamber of the castle visitors claim to feel a heavy and dark energy described as a chill creeping sensation Uh -uh. and the chapel beside the great hall the voices of two men are often heard talking however if somebody tries too hard to listen then they'll stop as to Oh, go I
1: don't like I that. I know.
0: It's like when you try to listen to hear what they're talking about, yeah. it stops.
1: Because, and I don't like that because it insinuates that they noticed you listening Ugh. and now they're aware of you. And I fucking hate yeah.
0: that. Yeah, so you can go there. You can stay the night. Oh, you can cool. do ghost tours. It's open to the public. And the pictures are crazy. They have a bedroom that's like everything has been kept oh, from that's the medieval so times. I love that It's stuff. super cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Have you ever seen orbs? No, in
1: photos. Yeah. Yeah. But never seen one in real life. No. Neither have I. Hmm.
0: I, I hope I never it. do.
1: No, but aren't orbs meant to just... Are orbs, like, evil? I thought they were just meant to be, like, spirits. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really want to encounter anything. Yeah, no, not <laughs> really. Even Count though it's,
0: it's already... Um, it already feels like it's around me.
1: Yeah, you've got ghost banging in your I addict. know I
0: really think addict that, I have
1: no addict. Jesus Christ ever since I started listening to armchair expert how Dax always goes to say addict but he says addict oh and he can't like he has trouble pronouncing yeah. it now I can't say addict
0: yeah I'm sweating let's it's I'm hot done. let's get out done.
1: remember all good stories start with a girl's night
0: not everybody makes it to brunch
1: I die of heat strokes <laughs>